You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I wish I wish the recording was in progress the last five minutes and me and Matthew were talking. Anyway, this is Locked On Horn Frogs. My name is Steven Simcox. I'm your host. Uh, our esteemed guest today is Matt Jennings. And this is exciting. Matt typically joins us on Monday during football season, but things were a little wonky because of the holiday weekend. So we're doing this on a Tuesday, Uh, but he is here to share his thoughts on Colorado. And Matt, on yesterday's show, I sort of laid out my concerns about the TCU offense after one week. Now, granted, it's one week, right? We only really saw one half of Chandler Morris, but it looked pretty disjointed. They had some of the same issues getting the ball to players that we think can make plays, namely Quentin Johnston, who only had three catches for 22 yards on Friday night. Uh, And then Max Duggan came in the game after Chandler Morris went down, and they ran an offense that they have run against teams like Texas Tech and Kansas the last few years, which is just, hey, we can just line up and run the football, and we'll just you know take the victory and get the heck out of here. Uh, and it worked. I mean, I'm I'm not going to shame Garrett Riley too much for that, but I was pretty disappointed in the passing game, especially, but in general, just the lack of explosiveness and dynamic plays from the offense. Am I overreacting here or what was sort of your read on what happened in the season opener? Yeah, I think it's fair. I don't think anybody was, I don't think any, first off, backtracking, esteemed guests stretch but i appreciate no, that's it. who you are that's uh, you the um i don't think anybody was happy with the way things were going in the first half even uh even sunny dykes you know he came out on monday and was talking about how like he was kind of surprised by how things went and and he was like i really didn't see any of some of the stuff that uh tcu showed in the first half against colorado he, he was like we didn't see any of that any indication of that during camp. So it was kind of surprising to me. So I, he kind of attributed it to first game jitters, um, which I think that's like a hundred percent possible. Um, I I'll say this. There were two things about the, I, I think it's totally valid for everyone to, to, to be concerned about where things are. And I think it comes down to the fact that they probably don't have the talent or the depth at quarterback or on the offensive line that they probably will want long-term. Like that's not a secret, but I think there are two things about it that about the way things went on Friday that kind of give me kind of reason to be like, okay, like let's, let's sit back. Let's, let's see how this goes. The first one being they did let Chandler kind of play through it. Um, There were over the last four years, I think there would have been a lot of instances. We saw a lot of instances where, um they maybe try and open the, up the playbook and things didn't go well immediately and they kind of shut down the offense and say okay like let's go into like a really simple really base we're not because in, in a sense to kind of avoid turnovers and dykes and and riley to their credit were like let's let we know we're more talented than, than colorado like let's let chandler work through whatever this is and figure it out um let's let him and the receivers like get meaningful game reps against a power five opponent and figure it out and to their credit in the second half for the little bit of the second half that Chandler was there like they they finally they did find a rhythm they settled in at some point and so that 
on some level is I, I think probably is encouraging. The other thing is that even though things weren't clicking for a lot of that first part of the game, they were what they were trying to do was I think better and more interesting than things that they had done over the last four years. Right. Cause in the past when they've, when like the offense just like couldn't get things going over the last few years, it's been just like, well, cause they're, they can't get the block and they need up front. Like they can't dominate in the running game to your point. Um, and so then their answer is like, I don't know, like let's throw a bunch of fades down the sideline where Duggan doesn't have the touch to hit those passes. And instead they were like, let's work the middle of the field. Let's do a couple of shovel passes, get some easy rhythm. Let's get some, let's get some screens going. Um, you know, they, let's work in the tight end. Dracorius uh, Spivey and Jared Riley, both getting some touches. Savion Williams, like they, they, they got the ball to their playmakers or were attempting to get them and uh, to them in the open field, make the defense, make the defense really play sideline to sideline, all stuff that we had been expecting over the course of the off season. It didn't work because Morris was just off target and was not hitting guys in stride. But the fact that they were trying those things was encouraging to me because it meant, okay, the results may not have been perfect, but they're, they are doing the things that they need to do to, um, to raise the ceiling of the offense. So um, I do, that's a long winded answer. I do equate it. I think the first game jitters thing is possible. I think it's worth watching there's going to be a change at quarterback though. So who's to know what, what it looks like, but I'm encouraged by what they're trying to do if nothing else. Well, and I mean, this is the great and frustrating thing about football, which is we talk all off season about different plans and expectations. And then immediately things sort of change once, you know, the game starts. And part of that is what happens in the game, but then also injuries. So we found out today, Sonny Dyke said, Chan Morris will definitely miss the Tarleton game. Um, which is not super concerning in itself. And then they have a bye week, and they're going to kind of take it week to week. There's been conflicting reports on maybe SMU, maybe Oklahoma. Uh, he could be back. But, Matt, it's it's funny because that's – I mean, you think, okay, four weeks, that's not very long, or three weeks. But that's, in, in some ways, 25% of your season in college football. So, you have a new offense. Now you have a quarterback situation. Max Duggan's going to get to start this week. Um, Sam Jackson's also available. How do you see them adjusting now? And I know it's a kind of a weird question because we've only seen one week of whatever their base offense is with their starter. And now you're having to sort of change course and redirect again with, uh, with a different QB under center. Yeah. You know, again, I think the, what we saw in week one was encouraging what we saw from them when they had Duggan and and Sam Jackson out there was encouraging in that they were saying, Hey, let's play to their strengths. Right. You know, Duggan threw three passes. Sam Jackson didn't throw any, not to say that either of them can't throw the ball at all, but they knew like, Hey, what we probably get the, uh, the, the, the greatest gains from, from these guys, in the immediate term is let's run the ball. Let's, let's use some option concepts, read option. Let's do some RPOs. Let's do some, uh, let's do some design quarterback runs and uh, utilize their skill sets. And I think that they can easily do that against Tarleton state and, and, and be effective and, and do what they need to do. Um, I am 
Duggan has what 29 career starts. He has the the resume where it's like if you if you have to run with him for a few weeks, um, you're not con- like I'm not concerned, right? And I think there are a lot of people who are like, let's just let's see what Sam Jacks could do. Let's put him out there and let's let's run. And like I yeah. also understand the appeal of that because Duggan's the known commodity and you know what his limitations are. We've seen. I don't know, 20 snaps of Sam Jackson. You have no idea what his limits are. So go ahead and, and do it. Um, whoever it is who they, who they end up deciding gives them the better chance. If Morris's absence extends at all, I do believe that they are going to do a better job putting that quarterback in positions to succeed than what we had seen previously. So if nothing else, I think that'll be a positive for TCU. I, I am, I do want to see Sam Jackson get meaningful snaps against Tarleton state. Like I don't want him to not get into the game until the second half when the game's at hand. I want, I would love to see him get reps in the first or second quarter and for him to get a chance to throw the ball a little bit. Um, Cause it's like we were talking about just a second ago with, you know, letting Chandler Morris play through it a little bit, those game reps for him and for the receivers playing with him are valuable and let them get those and see what you have in a lower stakes environment. You get a bye week. And then like, I think Duggan's going to start. I think Duggan's going to start against SMU. If Morris is still not healthy, I think Duggan starts against Oklahoma in all likelihood, but I would, I think I would, and the TCU staff would like to know what their options are if Duggan were to get hurt or if things start going badly against SMU or against Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, kid, could you throw a lifeline out there with a different a different look and a different quarterback? Um, that is an important question to, to answer there. And remember, one other thing to keep in mind is that um, they Duggan and Jackson worked in a two quarterback personnel package in mm-hmm. camp, and they were already talking in camp like, "Oh, we're going to incorporate, uh, we're going to have you know some designed plays for Sam Jackson anyway," which like. I read as like this guy's too talented like we can't shelf him for another year like we we Mm -hmm. have to get him on the field somehow and so um you know you were gonna get him on the field regardless um and so I think we could see that set um whether it's short yardage whether it's red zone whether it's like as a change up maybe um you know on early downs I have no idea what it when when they're thinking it would it would be useful but like either lining him up at receiver and doing and and then bring him in motion or having him be a quarterback and, and dug in at some other, like, I'm just, I'm very interested to see what they do, but I also don't want to only see Jackson in like some sort of gadget play set. I would love to see him like get a chance to try and execute the offense again. If for another reason to see what you have. Yeah. I hope they pass the ball this week more than anything. Like I'd just like to see them throw the ball a little bit. Uh, so looking at the defense, um, they played well. They only gave up really one touchdown. That was in garbage time. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the big man in the middle now. Dominic Williams, who is now 18 years old, if you're wondering. He had a birthday. Um, so that's exciting for him. But he held up really well against Colorado. Made some plays at a big stop on fourth down at a sack. Um, I mean, this was a big question mark going into the season, Matt. Like, could they, at that position specifically, you know, find somebody with the right body type, the athleticism to get it done? And I know Colorado's pretty anemic on offense but it seems like they they have somebody who's going to be good in a few years and 
is honestly really good right now as well. Yeah, happy birthday, Dominic Williams, first off. Happy 18th birthday. Um, no, I I was very impressed, to your point, his first game, and it's against Colorado, so take it with a grain of salt, but I was very impressed with him early on. It was very clear, even in spring camp, that they were like, we we want this guy to to be something for us and be something for us this year. And um, he moved his way up through the rotation, eventually taking hold of that starting job. And he, and, and he played great against the Buffaloes. And I'm, and I'm, I'm very eager to see what they do because to your point, if you're going to run, um, if you're going to run a defense with, with three down as your base front, that nose tackle position is important is, is so important because you have to be able to consume two and three blockers at once with one person. And there's not a lot of people, there's not a lot of 320 pound human beings um, with the athleticism to play football period on the planet, let alone people who can fulfill that particular um, role. And for him to be able to do that at 17 in his first collegiate game, there will certainly be growing pains, but very impressed by him early on. I'm, you know, coming into the season, that was one of the positions on defense that I was most concerned about. If he stays healthy um, and as, you know, if he can, you know, his conditioning can be where it needs to be, where he can be on the field as much as he needs to be, becomes much less of a concern where if Doug Louie and, and Sony Misi can be your second and third string guys, and they don't need to be out there for meeting or reps, then what becomes much more <laughs> concerning to me is uh, defensive end, which, you know, we saw a couple times against Colorado, like, Oh, not setting the edge great in the run game and maybe not getting the pressure on the quarterback that you want to get um, that, that position becomes, which like that's easier to solve for than like we just don't have a 325 pound individual who can play nose tackle. That's true. Yeah. I mean, they didn't try to manufacture much pressure when they did. They had some success, but um, you can't bring blitzes. There's a trade-off there. Uh, so a guy that came on a blitz D winters who you mentioned, I think on Twitter is, is rocking the neck roll this year, which is exciting. Neck rolls have come a long way. Used to really be pretty cumbersome, but now you know you just get a little neck roll in the back. Looks pretty cool. Uh, but D looked like he was reading his keys really well. He was flying around. Um, that linebacker position for so long. I mean, like I guess you can't really call TCU linebacker you because a lot of these guys they didn't go on to have amazing NFL careers. But it was just sort of like okay, pencil it in. Next middle linebacker at TCU is going to have 120 tackles um, and have a great season. And maybe maybe we're seeing a, a revitalized, you know, concept of that with D Winders in the in the three three five. Okay, well, first off, erasure of Traven Howard, who had the game ceiling interception in the Super Bowl this year. That's true. But <laughs> got no, released but, by the Rams, but came back. You know, right. it all worked out. <laughs> um, but no, you're 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 right. I I think D Winters looked like he was playing faster. And he was good last year. Like, let's let's yeah. set the expectation here first. Like, he was good. He was one of the few bright spots on the defense. But one thing he said in the one of the, in the offseason was like, oh, me and some of the older guys were really like trying to do other players' jobs last year because the defense was so, you know, the defense Gary asks a lot of his players and uh, puts a lot of responsibility on them. And he's like, a lot of us veterans, we didn't trust the younger guys, and so we were trying to do multiple players' jobs. He's like, in this new defense 
you know, my job is simpler. All of our jobs are simpler. And then, then we can play fast and react, um, which is a very kind of feels like a little bit of a cliche thing that you, like you always hear that when a new coach is out, goes, Oh, they, they want, the, they want the new guys to play fast. You know, like they, they want them to not play without thinking, which is like, you know, again, it can be kind of cliche, but there's some truth to like, Hey, if you've got some good athletes out there, like don't make them hesitate by necessity let them use their athleticism to get to the ball and make plays. And D winners was able to do that on, um, on Friday, two and a half tackles for loss, which just looked like he was shot out of a cannon <laughs> at a few different instances. Yeah. And yeah, I think the ins- not having to have so many responsibilities in terms of run fits and coverage and pattern matching coverage and the whole, f- and the whole deal, I think is going to allow him and all the different players on the defense to, um, play faster and I think it lowers the barrier like of entry for some younger players to get on the field as well right like we saw it with Gary all the time was that you might have a highly recruited or um, exciting young player who can't get on the field because it's like oh well he can't learn the defense or oh, he's not handling the responsibility we're gonna put the you know and he trusted veterans to do that and so maybe it opens up some opportunities for some younger um athletes to be able to get on the field a little bit more or some guys who've been around the block for a minute like a shad banks who got on the field a lot on friday or marcel brooks mm-hmm. when he comes back guys who had trouble getting on the field under gary or it's if, if you don't you pare down their responsibilities and the scope of what you're asking them to do a little bit and just and just give them simpler assignments um you get a chance to see them make good on their blue chip recruiting rankings yeah, and, and a note there on the linebacker spots. Thomas Armstrong was announced today towards ACL, so he's out for the year. And, I mean, you're getting Marcel Brooks back, but the linebacker suddenly become one of those spots where you're like, oh, boy, we really can't afford any other <laughs> any other injuries there, or you're starting to, to go into your depth uh, to a level that you don't want to. Um, okay, so just the defense in general. Joe Gillespie, we both sort of agreed before the season – they could improve like they're not going to be worse hopefully and if they just get to like a level of decency by you know the time the schedule really ramps up um with a hopefully dynamic offense things will be fine so have you recalibrated your expectations a little bit or are you just thankful that Colorado played Brendan Lewis for almost four quarters on Friday for some, some reason that they know and that we don't, you know, I am first off, like I couldn't decide which of those, which of the, of the quarterbacks I felt like was, was more what TCU would have preferred to have. So I'm, I'm curious, but anyways, that's a conversation for another time. I will say much like the offense for the defense on Friday, I really, it was really clear from the word go what the, how the approach is different under the new regime, right? Um, Gary was all about let's create negative plays, let's force three and outs. I, I don't care if I give up three explosive plays a game, if you're only averaging, if, if, if you're averaging, two yards per play, I'll take it. Right. Mm -hmm. And Gillespie, at least, you know, it's a one game sample size, but it's much, you know, we talked about it in the off season. It's much more about keeping the opposing offense in front of you 
And yeah. I think he's content probably to let the opposing offense move between the twenties, not freely, but it's not as big of a deal to him giving up a few first downs. If he can ensure like, Hey, we're not giving up big plays and we're going to limit how many points they get out of their scoring opportunities. We're forcing field goals. And, um, and that was clear on Friday. They were fine to let, they, they didn't panic. They didn't seem particularly perturbed by Colorado converting some third downs and stuff, but when they needed to bow up in scoring territory, they did it. Um, and yeah, on the whole, I think the secondary looks great. I think the linebacking core, at least the, the starting three look good. The depth there to your point, it's a little worrisome. I'll, I'll be interested to see if they do any position switches during the season, just to try and shore up the depth, depth there. Um, like I said before, the thing that worries me the most is, uh, is defensive end. Um, and per- more particularly, which is like pass rushing in general, they didn't have a pass rush last year. Um, and they couldn't stop the run. Those are the two biggest things. So in terms of talking about that change in approach, we know what they're going to do to stop the run now with this three man front with Dominic Williams anchoring it. It's going to be some growing pains, but I, I know what they're trying to do there. Pass rushing wise it is unclear to me like how they're going to make up that gap, like how they're going to fix that issue. And, um, you know, maybe the answer was going to be Marcel Brooks and then he was, then he got hurt. Maybe it's like, Hey, we really believe in Dylan Horton (laughs) or something. I I don't know what the answer is. Um, That's the thing that's most concerning to me um, um, on the whole, but in terms of, yeah, I feel good about what this defense is trying. I can see what they want to do. And against a bad offense, they did exactly what they were supposed to do, which is that they didn't give up a touchdown until garbage time. They limited their scoring opportunities um, and the points they got out of those, the few opportunities that they got. I feel good about it. As, as good as you can feel against, uh, 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 you know, going against a team like Colorado. To your point, though, they were a bottom 30 unit in the yeah. country last year. Right. If they're only like top 70 in the country, top 80, they're still like, a lot better so they can still be bad and be a lot better and and it's fine and there'll be personnel moves and 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 depth filling out that they do over the next couple of seasons to kind of raise the ceiling there yeah big week for joe gillespie you know former stephenville high school head coach won a state title there in 2012 and now facing the tarleton texans from stephenville so there's your there's your column idea for all the print journalists this week if you want to want to jot something down real quick um all right some quick over-unders before we go matt um so quentin johnston over under a thousand yards receiving this season i would have said i'll tell you i would have said before game one i would have said over now i'm saying under what what say you matt over under i think i think under only because of the uncertainty at quarterback i think if we yeah if we knew better, like what the situation at quarterback was going to be and, and there wasn't an, there weren't the injury situation hang, hang over it. I'd, I'd leap for over, but for now I'll say under not by a lot, maybe like, maybe like nine twenty. Okay. Fantastic. Can't wait for him to get drafted and have a great NFL career. And everybody wonder what the heck happened in Fort Worth, the three seasons that he was there. Uh, okay. Darius Davis over under three punt returns for touchdowns this season. He's already got the one. That's the he's got one. Yeah. He's, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but he's he's now tied Kevontae Turpin for punt return, career punt return okay. touchdowns. 
And I think he needs one more special teams touchdown to tie Turpin's overall record and two more to break it. So if he were to get to three punt return touchdowns this season, he would be the new career leader in, which I would have thought was insane. I don't know, you know, mid last year before mm-hmm. the kick against West Virginia. Um, shoot. Yeah. Why not? Give me over. I think that sounds great. Yeah. I'll say over too. I think he gets one this week against Tarleton. Oh yeah. I mean, they might, you know, they might just not kick to him. I feel like he gets one this week and that gives them two in two weeks. And then, you just got to get two more, even though those are rare. You got 10 games to do it. All right. Well, we'll do this again next week and all throughout the season. Thank you, Matt, for joining the show as always. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on Lockdown Horn Frogs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.